I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 14 of Season 6 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is David Brooke of Blueprint Review. Welcome back to the show, David. Hello, hello, hello. Ready for day four? Well, my day four. <laughs> Your day <laughs> Well, my day 14, you know. Nah. But it's still wonderful of you to think of me, so... <laughs> So uh, episode 14 begins with a lot of commotion in the drugstore and ends with everyone staring at Violet as she's leaving. So, you know, we, we continue along uh, George's journey. You know, he, he at some point, you know, the, you know, they have, they give us the transition of him in the, leaving or in the luggage store. And then the next thing we, we see is he's walking into the, you know, the Gower's drugstore, which we've obviously seen before. Uh, but we saw it years earlier and, you know, he walks into there and we, we see that it's a lot busier now than it was, you know, back then when George was, was working there beforehand, you know, uh, what we talked about at the beginning of this week and last week, he didn't have very many customers, but here, you know, it's, it's a bustling place. I, I guess, you know, the fact that, that everyone doesn't know that uh, Gower almost killed uh, a little kid, you know, helps business. <laughs> Or it probably would have hindered it if if they had found that out, obviously. But uh, you know, and George George walks in and uh, he walks over towards Mr. Gower and goes, "Hello, Mr. Gower, how are you? Thanks ever so much for the baggage. It's it's just exactly what I wanted." And he goes, "Oh, forget it. Oh, it's wonderful of you to think of me. Hope you enjoy it. You know, we never get to really see the full geography of of the whole. Uh, you know, I guess you could sort of say Main Street of Bedford Falls. I mean, in the commentary that I talked about uh, earlier this week, you know, they, they mentioned that this that, that this was the largest set ever built at the time, and they had they cre- they created three blocks of of uh, of stores. Wow. You know, but we don't know if the luggage store is right next to the drugstore or, or whatever. You know, we just we, we just know that George leaves there and comes here at some point. You know, because it's not uh, it's not a, it's not a shot where we're following him to get to there. So we're not 100 percent sure about the whole thing. But but he, you know, again, it says some, so much about his personality that whether he's going out of his way or not, it doesn't make a difference. But but George is still taking the time to go into the drugstore and thank Mr. Gower for giving him this present. Yeah. Yeah. Showing the kind of tight knit community and uh, love between everyone. That's right. And, you know, uh, he refers to Gower as my old boss. So it's not even, you know, it's not that he's continuing to work there. It's something that when he was a kid, that was his part-time job or whatever, after-school job or whatever it is. You know, but but he still has formed a connection with this man who he's 
uh, harboring a deep secret for you know so it also it it you know it, it shows uh george's forgiving nature you know he can forgive the fact that that gower uh beat him to the point where his ears were bleeding you know that 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 must you, you have to be hit uh quite a lot for that to actually happen mm. and you know he he doesn't hold any grudge against him for that which again says a lot about who george bailey truly is mm. And, you know, he's, he's coming to thank him and he, he, you know, he's going out of his way to, to, to greet Gower, but Gower at the same time comes towards him, you know, in order to say, don't, don't worry about it. And then George looks, looks over to his right and he sees the cigar lighter that we talked about last week also. And when he quickly opens it up and he closes his eyes and he goes, Oh, I wish I had a million dollars. And then he goes, hot dog. Nope, it's not the end of this. Not the end of the, the minute yet. Hot dog. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> they've got. Uh, they've got um, Mr. Gower. They've kind of uh, dressed him and groomed him uh, uh, like drastically different from previous scenes. Well, to show he's kind of uh, moved on. He's happy. He's kind of uh, in a better place. And yeah, and you know, so he slaps. Did you notice how he slaps uh, George's hand? You know, like with friendship. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's like yeah. the eight second mark where where they show that you know again it shows that that Mr. Gower even though he knows that George is is keeping the secret you know uh, they they still you know it hasn't caused any trouble between them mm. you know Mr. I Gower it, still trusts it, George and whatever yeah and and and, and I, it shows that Mr. Gower appreciates that he's uh, that George is part of his kind of. Uh, coming back around and kind of living life again sort of thing really he wouldn't have had a chance if, if George was as, as we're going to learn much further down the line that's right um it would have been a different story that's right you know he he also Mr. Gower we see gets a kick out of the fact that George is still doing the the cigar lighter thing you know he starts yeah. uh, laughing along with him which uh, we talked a little bit about that last week but uh it's it's a very interesting idea that that in this drugstore slash uh, candy store slash uh, soda shop they're gonna have you know this cigar lighter <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or another wipe of the of the screen as it moves to uh, a different location and we see george walking down the uh walking down a street and we see in the back uh you know signed for a meat market and something else that i think it looks like it's just for the tailor or or whatever and he's walking down the street and then he looks up and sees he hears someone screaming at him, and he looks up and he sees uh, three people uh, hanging out the window of what we see is the uh, Bailey brothers uh, building alone. These three people, one of them is his uncle uh, Billy, who we saw, uh, you know, the, at uh, the beginning of the week, at the the end of the tail end of last week, but at the beginning of this week, he's also we, we see him for a few seconds there, uh, you know, constantly having to try to remember things. <laughs> And we then also see there there are basically two cousins of George that work there, and it's never really explained how they're related. But you have uh, Eustace and uh, Tilly. So, you know, uh, it's again, it's it's very strange that they're seen as uh, cousins without any real explanation. They're not Billy's kids, so the question is, how are they related? You know, like where's the rest of the Bailey brood? Yeah. You know, where they come, are they, 
you know, uh, is it that Peter and and Bill and Billy have a sister, and this is this is their her children or whatever? It it's never really clear. But but uh, at least in in the script that I read, which the reason I'm, I don't go through differences in the script here is because there really aren't that many differences. It's almost exactly word for word. So it's possible that the the scripts that I found were 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 uh, post movie scripts as opposed to pre movie scripts. You know, yeah, where before they made it, it's pretty much everything that's written there is in the movie. But what they do have is a few descriptions of who some of the characters are and stuff like that. And then they mention the fact that that uh, both Tilly and Eustace are are uh, George's cousins. But they again, they never state from where. So it's a uh, it's a little strange. And you can actually also see the name of the street that they're on. Did you notice yeah. the name of the street? Genesee Street and Jefferson Avenue, yeah. Yeah, I've, have you ever heard name. Exactly. I've never heard that phrase before, Genesee. Jefferson, you know, we, we, we yeah, know all yeah. about. It's, uh, you know, it's probably named after Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I looked up Genesee, and I actually found that there were two uh, U.S. Uh, naval ships that were, that were named the USS Genesee. Mm. One of them was a tug, a tugboat. During World War One and World War Two, it was built in 1905, and it was actually blown up in 1942 by its crew in order to avoid capture at uh, Karagidor. You know, the the the, the Japanese uh, actually took it over and you know, renamed it Patrol Boat Number 107. Two years later, the the U.S. forces actually uh, bombed it and and uh, they sunk it. You know, so it's it's interesting that you know this was a a ship that they tried to destroy and weren't able to, and then the enemy used it until you know uh, it's you know the the U.S. Uh, planes then had to go and and destroy their own ship. The second USS Genesee was uh, was was sent out on uh, in September 1943. So basically, that is uh, a year and a half. After the previous one was was captured, it was it was eventually commissioned on the 27th of May 1944. So again, it only only during the the last year of the the war itself was it uh, part of, of of anything. It, it was a ship that that was used to to, to carry things. It was it was, a, it was a carrier. It's a tanker. It was a gasoline tanker that they used. Uh, but they they would send it on dangerous tasks of transporting gasoline to warships and to remote uh, naval stations and stuff like that. It it uh, served in World War II, the Korean War, and in the Vietnam War. And I, I found this interesting by reading this article that that uh, you know even ships were were given you know different types of of campaign stars and things like that. Like you would mark on the mm. ship that this ship was part yeah. of this particular battle or campaign and stuff like that. Cool. And uh, it was uh, eventually decommissioned and and then it, it was sold to Chile and they, they mm-hmm. renamed it the Beagle. And it was a submarine tender that, that was uh, used by the Chilean Navy uh, up until 1982. After that, it, it, uh, it was used for basically target practice and then it was sunk in 1992 in a uh, live fire uh, exercise so and and what is probably the most the the deeper connection of what genesee is there is actually a town in upstate new york 
called Genesee Falls, hmm. which uh, is a very small town because uh, there are only 438 people that live there. Oh, wow. But the uh, the idea that that it you know is is relatively close to where this movie takes place makes you wonder if that was done on purpose because this isn't you know it isn't a typical name for them to to throw out as the name of a street. I wonder if I mean the film was made obviously um, uh, not long after the war, so I don't know if I wonder if, if it was anything to do with those battleships or I don't know. Yeah, uh, for some for some reason I doubt it, but um, probably not. Anything is because that. Yeah, because um, yeah, Capra was in the war, wasn't he? He was a, yeah. a major, mm-hmm. and he did a yeah. lot of um, the uh, Why We Fight movies and the propaganda movies and things like that. That's right. Then Uncle Billy screams out, uh, "Avast there, Captain Cook! You got your sea legs yet?" And then Eustace screams out, "Pardon vous, Francais, Mister! Hey, send us some of those picture postcards, will you, George?" And then Billy screams, "Hey, George! Don't take any plug nickels." So the, the first thing that, that, that I found interesting is that they mentioned Captain Cook. Do you know who Captain Cook was? Uh, yes. Well, uh, well he's, well, he, he's, I know the name and <laughs> he traveled, I know he traveled the word world, but um, I don't know a lot of the details other than that. Right. So he was, he was, Captain James Cook was born on the 7th of November, 1728 and died on the 14th of February, 1779. He was a British explorer, cartographer and naval officer who had three famous voyages between 1768 and 1779 in the Pacific uh, to, and into all the way to New Zealand and Australia. Um, he actually made a detailed map of Newfoundland before uh, going, going out into the Pacific. He is the first recorded European contact with the eastern coastline of Australia and the Hawaiian Islands, and he is the first person to be recorded to circumnavigate New Zealand. He, he did some, some interesting stuff there. And at some point while he was uh, there in 1779, between him and the natives of Hawaii, they got into a fight, and he ended up, ended up getting killed in that fight. So he didn't, he didn't make it back, uh, you know, back home afterwards. Uh, yeah. Um, then one of the other things they mentioned here is uh, plugged nickels. Do you have any idea what that means? I'm guessing like a fake nickel, but I've never heard of it called a plug before. I don't know. Um, the the idea is to basically shave off small portions of precious metal for profit. Uh, um, again, I don't really understand the reference here of when he says, you know, don't take any plug nickels. You know, meaning uh, is that maybe the idea that don't take anything that that uh, you know they've they've shaved off some of the uh, the value of it, maybe. Today. I think he'll get in trouble if he's trying to do his usual tricks or something. I don't know. <laughs> he's not the type of guy to thought would do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not really sure. Of that. They say that Isaac Newton was one of the first pre- first people who actually started doing that. You know, <laughs> shaving off, uh, you know, coin clipping and stuff like that. But he did that at when he was the the master of the royal mint. So he was doing <laughs> it, uh, you know, I guess for 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 good reasons. <laughs> Okay, but uh, here it explains here that a if the coin was large, a hole could be punched out of the middle and the face of the coin hammered to close up the hole. Hmm. The coin could then be sawn in half and a plug of metal extracted from the interior. And after you fill the hole with cheaper metal, the two halves will be welded back together. The idea of plugged quarters and plugged dimes eventually yielded the common phrase not worth a plugged nickel. Hmm. 
emphasizing the worth, the worthlessness of such a tempered coin. So I, I guess if he's saying to him, you know, watch out for, uh, don't take any plug nickels, meaning if you're going to get treasure, you should make sure that you get uh, something that's worthwhile. Real thing. Yeah, uh, real okay. thing. Could be. And then Tilly screams out, hey, George, your suitcase is leaking. Which, again, I, I don't really get the, the reference because it's, you know, maybe she's saying, you're, you know, if you're out at sea already or something like that, because they are talking about, uh, you know, Captain Cook and sea legs or something like that. It's almost, as if she was, it's almost as if she heard the earlier conversation about uh, having to use it as a raft. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> don't know. And then George can, continues down the, the the street after listening to the three of them. You see that the pigeons uh, on the corner of the uh, uh, of the the frame there, just sitting there. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, you know, we we uh, George George then continues down the street. You know, he's he's holding up the the the, the suitcase, showing it to them. We see a store called uh, Anderson's. Which is right under the the Bailey Building and Loan, and then we we see uh, two characters who are going to we're going to they're going to pop up quite often throughout the rest of this movie. You have uh, Ernie, the taxi driver, and Bert the cop. Okay, Bert and Ernie. <laughs> yes, right. Bert and Ernie, which apparently you know, as I as I mentioned, uh, you know, in the the first week of this the show, apparently there is no connection to the uh, Bert and Ernie of the Muppets. Sesame Street. It was coincidence. Of the second of, of Sesame Street, right? Not the moment, sorry. And Ernie's, uh, I, I never noticed this before. On Ernie's taxi, it says Ernie's Taxi Cab. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, that's the name of his company. He's uh, he's definitely uh, got got something. Uh, you know, he's keeping it unique. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Bert is sitting there looking at a newspaper. Now, did you see what's written on the newspaper? Smith wins nomination. Yes. Do you have any idea who they're talking about? Uh, could it be an in joke to Mrs. Smith gets to Washington? No, no, was that no, made no, afterwards? No, no. no. It, it theoretically it could be, but I, I, I believe it's not. Uh, we can also see that it's called the uh, the, the Bedford Falls Sentinel. Mm. Now that's the name of the, the the newspaper here. Alfred Smith was the Democratic Party uh, nominee in 1928. Uh. Okay, he ran against uh, Herbert Hoover in 1928 and lost. And Al-, Al Smith was actually the, he was the 42nd governor of New York. And he also was the first Roman Catholic to be nominated for, for president of the U.S. Uh, from a major party. Uh, he lost. He, he did not win, but, but he was governor four times. He was governor in 1918, 1922, 24, and 26. He actually lost the governorship in 1920, but then... Uh, was able to, to to move back in in 1922, and he eventually was he he seeked the Democratic nomination for president in 1924, but did not get it. And then he tried again in uh, 1928, and he actually won it. So the day that he the date of him uh, winning the the nomination was on uh, June 28th, 1928. So uh, okay. that is when this is taking place. We are now in 1928. So this is nine years after the previous events. So if George was 12 when, you know, everything happened in the drugstore and all that stuff, so it means that George is now 21. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, I, first of all, I think it's really cool that we have this this subtle reference as to what the date is. You know, they never yeah, tell yeah, us yeah. in the movie what year it is or anything like that. In well, I guess yeah. Later on, you do get the um, start of the depression. That should have been a clue for me. I, 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 I thought I thought about that after I'd already said my uh, my guess earlier. Yeah, correct. But but again, the the idea that 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 uh, you know we we talked earlier the week about the fact that that Capra was a very visual director. So just to throw out something like that, I mean, most people won't won't get it, but it's very possible. Most people won't get it now, but it's very possible that back in 1946, when people were watching this movie, so you know, those people all knew who Al Smith was. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it again. It's very possible that that that's the uh, the connection to the whole thing. I mean, in the script, it says that it's 1928. You know, when, when he shows up in the luggage shop, it says luggage shop 1928. So it, it actually tells us the, you know, the how much time has passed. All right. Uh, again, in the copy of the script that I have, whether it's, uh, you know, whether, whether it, so we, we know that George was born in 1907. So if he was born in 1907, it's in 1928. So it's a prox, he's approximately 21 at this point. You know, which which makes sense. I mean, later in the week we'll or next week we'll talk more about the, you know, about you know that that uh, you know after they finish graduation and things like that. So that also says something about about the whole thing. So yes, it's 1928, and you know we have Bert and Ernie start uh, talking with uh, with with George, showing how friendly they are. So George goes, "Hey Ernie," and then he goes, "Hi Ernie, hey Bert, hi George, George." Hey, I'm a rich tourist today. How about driving me home in style? Hop in, your highness. Hop in. Yes, sir. And for the carriage trade, I put on my hat. And we see Ernie put on his hat as he says it. And he says, and uh, as he's doing that, we, we see a, a beautiful woman walking by. And she goes, good afternoon, Mr. Bailey. And he goes, hello, Violet. Hey, you look good. That's some dress you got on there. This old thing... Well, I only wear it when I don't care how I look. And I mean, I think it's great that they already at this point are showing us the relationship between Violet and George. I mean, we saw it briefly when he was younger. Last week we talked about it, you know, where, you know, where she talks about the fact that she, you know, what's wrong with, with, uh, with loving all boys, <laughs> which says something about her standing, even in that day and age of what type of girl she was. But, you know, the, the idea that she's walking by and she like struts by, and as she's doing it, we see Ernie and Bert and George all basically staring at her for, for obvious reasons. Staring the head over the taxi cabs. And I yes. That. They, they do that really well. You know, like they, they see her walk by and then the, the crane shot moves up a little bit to show above the, you know, above the top of the, the car and, and both Bert and George, their heads like pop up as they're mm. continuing to watch her go by. Mm. She crosses the street and as she's crossing the street, there's an elder, uh, uh, middle-aged man walking in the opposite direction that looks at her and just stops in the middle of the street and like stares at her. And then the, you know, then we hear a, a, a horn honk and he basically jumps, jumps up. And he's uh, completely shocked, uh, taken by surprise for having looked at, you know, this, this woman walking across I the love, street. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that little moment. <laughs> yeah, it's great because again, it shows the idea that that okay, she's the the town potty sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, she's she's a woman that 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 everyone you know will stop and stare at, and apparently there this is another man who who will do that. You know, I I, I was looking, but I couldn't find a reference to who you know if if this is an actor or if it's uh, yeah. you know just one of the crew members or something like that it's it's very hard to tell because a lot of the uncredited uh people here is just you know it, it just says a townsperson yeah. or something like that we we don't we don't see something in imdb that'll say oh this is the guy crossing the street you know getting getting interrupted mm. or something like that but uh you know, throughout the course of of the of the movie, we will talk about m- many of these uncredited people because uh, a lot of them stand out, and you can tell who they are. But this this is unfortunately not one of them. And as he gets startled, uh, the the minute ends. So, did you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Oh no, it's just a fun light kind of. Um uh light moment i guess it's 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 more character building stuff really and, and it, again showing showing that everyone loves him in town he's got friends all over town um but uh yeah yeah and, he, and he's goofing around he's got his little he does that little thing when he's chatting to the guys in the building alone he does um he does that he kind of does that weird <laughs> kind of squat or whatever with his his legs as well which river a very james stewart like uh touch Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i also love how you can like see names of all these different uh stores and mm-hmm. places in the you know we see florists but we don't see the name of the, the, the shop but you have the bijou theater and anderson and uh mckenzie music store and things like that like they they really took it- their time and you can even see a sign for ernie's taxi cab uh above yeah. violet as she's walking away as she's walking down the street so it means that, that that even Ernie has a oh yeah <laughs> he he has a store or you know a storefront or something like that. It's quite know? a well-stocked town for what is supposed to be quite small. There's uh, all sorts in there. Yeah, it's true. Every Thursday we have a segment called uh, Jimmy Stewart Thursday, where my guests will give their top five Jimmy Stewart performances. What have you got for us, David? Oh well, this is tough. Jimmy Stewart's in so many good films. I can't even believe some of the films that I've missed out on this that are, are brilliant. But well, it's never too late. No, no, no. Well, no. As I say, the ones I'm happy with the ones in there, but um, I'm missing. No, I'm saying real there's never, I'm saying it's never too late to add to the the number of Jimmy Stewart movies you've seen. Not necessarily for this list, but in general for for your own personal. Oh, oh no, no. I've seen I've seen loads of Jimmy Stewart films, but um, although there are there's a few big names that I've, I haven't seen actually. I, I was just talking about ones that I've missed from my list. I mean, for my five. Uh, there's some there's there's ones that could easily make it, but he's in so many good films. I had to whittle it down. What have what have so, you what have you missed? Which ones? Which big ones do you think you've missed? Oh well, I'll 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 save it and uh, I'll count down my list first, and then uh, okay. I might do honorable honorable mentions because it'll give it away if I <laughs> That's true. But yeah, um, cool. Well, uh, number five, I am going to go with Winchester '73. Um, Ooh, I, I am such a fan of that movie. Oh yes, I'll. I love Port Port. Uh, what do they call Portmanteau? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Portmanteau. Yeah, yeah. It is that. It's it's slightly different. That it, it, yeah, I guess it is a Portmanteau film, but it kind of ties together quite nicely. It's not quite as um, 
the stories aren't quite as separated as some of the portmanteau films. No, the portmanteau, but, the idea is, is that the, the main character is an object. Yeah. And the fact that the object here is oh, yeah. his gun is is what always gets me with that one. Oh, okay, okay, right, yeah. But no, it's, it's yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, 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 I'm a big Western fan and a big Jimmy Stewart fan, and it's it's just it's just perfection. Uh, he did a, a lot of great um, westerns with uh, that was that was one of Anthony Mann's ones, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is. I think so. Um, but this is my favourite. Uh, I think it was the first the first of their kind of collaborations that I saw. It's not the first that they did, and it um, it might be actually. I'm getting all my facts wrong, but. Um, yeah, it's really tight. As you say, as you say, the the kind of concept of fitting everything around this rifle is is very cleverly done. And I think Jimmy Stewart's great in the film, um, as always. But he he shows uh, shows one he shows his darker side in the westerns that he did. Yeah. Uh, with Anthony Mann, and it certainly shows it here. Um, and it's just it's brilliant. Uh, then number four, I, I'm going to go with the shop around the corner. This, this is one I only just saw recently in prep for the. For the podcast, I, I just noticed it on my shelf. I hadn't seen it yet. I was like, "All oh, right, let's give it a shot." Um, it's a film that later got made into, got remade as uh, "You Got Mail," but um, mm-hmm. but this is the better film. This is oh, it's just pure pure perfection. It's Ernst Lubitsch. Uh, you can't go wrong with Ernst Lubitsch. And um, yeah, it's it's just a, a sheer delight. It's uh, it's also got a darker edge than I expected. There's some quite. Um, with the 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 guy who runs the shop um, uh, tries to commit suicide at one point, and uh, uh, which kind of ties it in with uh, it's wonderful life, I guess. Um, but it, it really surprised me. I, I was expecting something light and fun, kind of um, something a, a nice kind of old classic. But yeah. I just I adored it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and another one, number number three, is another film that caught me by surprise, and that's Destry Rides Again. Um, I don't think enough people talk about this film. I I absolutely loved this. I, I saw it for the first time, I think, just like a year or two ago. And it was just so much fun. And it's so tightly done. It's so, it kind of, it, I, I absolutely adored it. Um, it's Marlon Dietrich and uh, starring alongside Jimmy Stewart. And they're both brilliant. Um, yeah, I just had an absolute, absolutely fell in love with that one. I saw it recently. Uh, number two, it's Wonderful Life. I've mentioned this already, and obviously this whole podcast is a series about this. So yeah, enough said. Really, I'm not, but, I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> what what, what happens in that movie? <laughs> but number one for me it has to be a Rear Window. Um, I'm a big I'm a big Hitchcock fan, and I know that the big the big one that's missing from my list is obviously Vertigo, and that's a lot of people's favorite uh, Hitchcock film. It was recently voted, um, well, not in the recent poll, but the previous sight and sound poll is the greatest film of all time and i agree it is superb but um it doesn't grab me in the same way emotionally as as the other films i've had on this list and it, it doesn't grab me in the same way that rear window does i just i every i love every second of rear window it's a it's a great simple concept executed to perfection and um and jimmy stewart's uh incredible as always uh so yeah that had to be had to be my number one but yeah, as I say, Vertigo is the big one that's missing. Uh, what other ones? Um, Anatomy of a Murder that could have made the list. The Man Who Shot. Have you, ever, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen uh, either of those? Oh no, I have. These are just ones that are missing that uh, that could have easily made the list. And my top mm. five was hard. I say no. I love them. I love them all. The Philadelphia Story. That's a great film. The Flight of the Phoenix. I love the Flight of Phoenix. Bed of the River. That's really good. There's, he's been the Man from Laramie. He's oh, he's been in so many great films. Um, 
but uh, as I say, Mrs. Smith goes to Washington. I remember loving it, but it's been too long, so it kind of lost it from there. Mm-hmm. But he's 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 just a, a an absolute treasure, really. So uh, yeah, he's one of my favorite actors. So uh, okay, so I'm, I'm glad you were able to join us to talk about. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've actually never seen Dusty Rides again, so probably by the oh, time this is it. probably by the time this is recorded, I will have oh, this. This is uh, released. I will have seen it. So you know, it, anyone... it's hugely underrated. Well, I say I don't know if it's necessarily underrated. Like it's people, it, it's it's always well reviewed, but it's one that people don't seem to talk about when they talk about Jimmy Stewart and stuff. And it's um, I, I don't know. It seems to have gotten slightly forgotten, not completely. I mean, you can get it on Criterion and stuff like that, but. I don't know. It's one you don't hear people talk about, but I think it's easily up there with Jimmy Stewart's best. I, I think it's a fantastic film. It's a lot of fun. Okay, well, I will go check that out. <laughs> All right, so, David, do you want to once again tell people where they can find you? Yeah, um, head over to blueprintreview.co.uk to see all my movies, movie reviews, um, generally shiny disc reviews. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just to search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Twitter. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly, dear. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears. 